0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go.
1: Today our opening scripture is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I believe that this is a very up-to-date scripture, which tells us that uh, the Lord can come back in any time. If you realize that 93% of the world's population is under the hearing of a Christian radio broadcast in their own language, and if you realize that 85% of the world's population now has a copy of the scriptures in their own language, we are getting to the place where we're starting to reach the whole world. And according to this verse, that the gospel of the kingdom will go to the whole world, and then he will return, and the end will come. And so I believe we're getting very close to that. I believe that now is the time to live our lives righteously and wholly, the best that we can, to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, to do His work and to do His will, and to accomplish the tasks that He has prepared for each one of us to do here on earth, because I do believe our time is short, and the Bible tells us to occupy until He comes, and I believe that's what we should be doing in this day and age.
2: love to tell how he lived in me, and what his grace can do for you. Saved by, by his power divine, saved to new life so life. Sublime. life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved say hey.
1: edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Dennis Campbell, our Director of Development, and today we're focusing on Sierra Leone. We've been ministering there for a long time. We started by doing wells and some medical ministries over there. We've planted Christian schools. In fact, we're building a Christian school at the present time in another area. I think this is our 12th or 13th one over there. And today we wanted to talk about going forward with uh, pastoral training. So Dennis, why don't you tell us about some of the plans that are in place to help men who are called to the ministry to get the proper training.
3: Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here again today. And as we mentioned in previous episodes, the number of people that are coming uh, to the church and seeking guidance uh, for the spiritual issues. uh, We know this country uh, faced a 11-year devastating war, uh, then faced with this human tragedy of this major disease and epidemic. It has caused a lot of people to really examine the, the principles and of life and, and what it all means, and they're coming to our churches. Well, we know here in North America that various crises can bring people to the church. And the question is, what do you do with them when they come in and how many are you going to hold? And so we feel that this is a very crucial time for us to increase training, increase educational material and resources to our pastors to be able to reach these people with the truth. Uh, We're dealing with areas where literacy is very high. We've started some programs to help with basic reading skills, but also teaching both in English, which is the official business language, but also having scriptures available in Mende, Tempe, and, and Creo, some of the tribal and trade languages used by the tribes. Uh, And the critical part of this is working with the village pastors that are out in these small groups. And so what we're doing is laying out a series of courses with good sound doctrine and Bible teaching uh, where we are training the trainers and we're basically creating biblical Timothys. Uh, to go out and train the men, and each man have a responsibility to train another Christian uh, to multiply this. And we've now completed the training of of over 38 men with another 38 that are ready to start classes. So we're needing the materials and support for the the master teachers to get the Timothys trained. Uh, We talked about the motorcycles being used to deliver food to remote areas. Well, like the old circuit riders of the, the West and the early territories. Uh, the Wesleyans. <laughs> that's right. We uh, can follow that principle of putting pastors on motorcycles to get these trails. And many times one of our motorcycle riding pastors will be handling uh, four or five villages in a circuit and then coming back around. And at the same time, those motorcycles become a valuable tool because they can collect money to ride, give people rides like taxi, taxi. So they become a self sustaining tool for the pastors to have as they spread the gospel, and that's what we're very excited about and again, these physical love and that we've been able to show have opened up doors that we could have never reached in the same time period uh of the last six to seven months,
1: yeah, and those motorcycles going cost about two thousand dollars a piece, so I mean they they're really uh a a cheap way of doing ministry over there. It's just amazing that um, God has provided these resources for us. Uh, We've been given uh, four or five motorcycles already, and we have several other men that are able to, to take that kind of equipment and use it in the ministry. And so it's a real blessing to us.
3: Right. And we're also making sure that many of our pastors are also trained to be teachers. That's been one of our principal underlining, as you know, So that a man can go into a community and go there, even sometimes first as a teacher, which the community understands it needs for its children, and then that church plant can become the basis of the beginning of a church. So he becomes one that all the community uh, recognizes they need the education. He's providing the education. Then he's giving them the spiritual teaching and scriptural teaching from the Bible. Right. Why don't you tell us about the uh, church out of Kissy Town that we're building? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting process uh, that we've gone through out there. We found uh, one of our pastors and teachers had gotten together and actually in a very strong Muslim area, had started a, a high school. And when uh, I went up there, and I think you went with me on one of the early mm-hmm. trips, uh, we found these uh, four or five pastors had to come together, and they were educating almost 200 young people in chicken coops.
1: That's right. Literally,
3: they were old chicken coops. They had, if you can imagine, anybody's been raised on a farm, it's not a very pleasant place to even clean up, but they did it, they whitewashed them, but that was the only building they could find uh, to be able to work with in the community to start a school. And through the blessing of, of many of the people from the Global Family and Canadian Bible Hour, uh, we've been able to put the resources together. We've now broken ground on a new seven-room high school for this school, uh, which I believe by the time it's built will be fully uh, utilized by the growth that we've seen there. And again, it's been another example that, that all of those of all faith and belief systems understand that education is the way forward for that country, uh, that the chiefs of that village came together and deeded over all of the land necessary. They have provided most of the labor force to clear the land, build it, uh, and the footings of that new foundation for education and Christian training is now well underway.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting to me to see that because it's in an area that is heavily muslim but also it's really a, an area that's very very poor and um it's just a terrible place uh, to live and yet we're able to educate their kids it's a real blessing god has just opened so many doors like this uh for us to be able to help and have a real impact for christ thanks dennis for uh, sharing with us today
0: thank you so much for listening to canada's national bible hour we thank you so much for your prayers and for your financial support this month we're offering a wonderful booklet, Where's My Miracle by Joni Erickson Tata. It's it's really a, a pamphlet on unanswered prayer and she talks out talks about her own journey with an unanswered prayer the fact that she was injured and became a quadriplegic and asked for healing and had people pray for healing she expected healing but she wasn't healed and then it talks about many of the scriptures that she used and some of the scriptures that she claimed and then she talks about how god and his sovereignty did not answer them but gave her other things that uh, blessed her life and at the end she was thanking the lord for even her dilemma and I think it's a book that can be helpful to a lot of us. It has a, it has a lot of the Word of God and uh, scriptural principles that I think all of us need to, to learn and understand. And at the end, the Lord is working in all our lives. He just does it in different ways for each and every one of us. It's a booklet I highly recommend, uh, especially if you have unanswered prayers that you like to get the answers for, or if you have friends who have unanswered prayers. It can be a great encouragement to them and a great blessing to them. You can get your copy of this pamphlet entitled Where's My Miracle, or just Miracle, to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, 72R, 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231.
2: I stood in the night with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as could be. And my heart felt alone, and I and be alone.
1: Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco and is entitled, Paul Explaining His Impact. Printed copies are available upon request.
4: The topic that I would like to share with you today is entitled, Paul Explaining His Impact. If you think back with me to the New Testament times and search for those who made an impact for God on their generation, we would likely think of several men. Peter, perhaps, would be one the blustery fisherman who made so many mistakes, but in the end became a powerful preacher and a man used of God to establish the early church Jewish believers in the faith. We might think of James, the brother of Jesus, who became a leader in the church, or John, the beloved disciple, who spoke so much about God's love and the need to love one another. But these all in the end would have to give way to the man from Tarsus, a Jew called Saul, Saul was brought up in the strict tradition of the Pharisees. He trained under the leading intellectual of his day, Gamaliel, and soon eclipsed his teacher in intellectual ability. He first opposed the faith and followers of Christ till his Damascus Road experience in Acts 9. Let us turn then to Luke's account of Saul's conversion, Acts 9. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so the zealous Pharisee Saul was converted and became Paul the Apostle, a man who powerfully impacted his generation and whose influence continues in the books of the Bible that he wrote. Paul was used of God to clarify and proclaim the gospel and that it was God's message for all men. You recall that Peter and other church leaders at first felt the gospel would only be for the Jew. Paul traveled pioneering Christian churches in Asia and then was the first to bring the gospel to Europe from which it spread westward to England, America, and thankfully to Canada. Paul was used of God to write 13 books of the Bible which were vital in establishing the early church and which are vital today in establishing believers and churches in the faith. How do we explain the powerful impact of this one man not only on the first but following centuries of the church. I believe we'll find part of the answer at least in the book of Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 9, Paul explains some important things concerning Israel. They enjoyed so many of God's blessings, yet they failed to receive God's righteousness in Christ because they sought it not by faith but by human works. Many Gentiles, on the other hand, who lived in moral darkness, responded to Christ's invitation by faith and enjoy a righteous relationship with God, which Israel spurned. In Romans 10, Paul reveals something of the things that empowered his life. Let us read a few of these great verses. Verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith, verse 8, is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." Now, in this short passage, we get a glimpse of some of the things that enabled Paul to have a powerful impact for God. First, there is care. Paul said, my heart's desire for Israel. Paul had a heart desire, not just a head knowledge. He cared about Israel. His care was not from the head only, but from the heart, from the very depth of his being. Paul loved people, the people of Israel who were lost and he longed to have them come to faith in Christ. He had become like God the Father and the Lord Jesus, for it was love for lost mankind that prompted God to plan a way of salvation for man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3. And it was love for lost sinners that made Christ willing to come and die for man's sin. For Jesus himself said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, John 15. In the gospel, then, we see that God really cares for man. We see that Jesus cares for us, or he would never have suffered that awful death of the cross. God replaced the hatred in Paul's life with a divine love, making him an effective witness. No wonder Paul wrote to the Philippian believers, and this I pray that your love may abound more and more. You see, love would enable them to have an impact for God on their generation. If we have a desire to be effective for God and to do a lasting work for eternity, then we must open our hearts to the mighty love of God. It will not be enough to just serve God mechanically because we know we should, but true service must come from the heart. Paul wrote to the Corinthians the immortal words of chapter 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, or love, I am become a sounding brass, or a tinkling cymbal. Verse 3, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not charity or love, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind, verse 13, and now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Paul was full of the great dynamic love of God and had a genuine care for people. Then secondly, Paul says in Romans 10, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Prayer, then, was a large part of Paul's life. In every epistle that he wrote, he says that he remembered them in prayer. He prayed for churches, he prayed for individual believers, and he prayed for the unsaved. Paul, which would be a great encouragement to them, as they heard of his prayer for them, knew that they were few in number, but he also urged the believers to pray in 1st Thessalonians 5:17 Paul urged the believers there to pray without ceasing later in his second letter he said brethren pray for us that the word of the lord might have free course and be glorified even as it is with you chapter 3 verse 1 to the corinthians ye wrote ye also helping together by prayer for us 2 Corinthians 1 So when we pray for church leaders and missionaries we are actually helping forward the work of Christ. To the Ephesians Paul wrote, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What an admonition to prayer! Paul had learned the effectiveness of prayer. He had become like his Lord, for it was Jesus who taught his disciples to pray, saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. It was Jesus who said, "Ask and ye shall receive; seek and ye shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you." For every one that asketh receiveth, and to him that seeketh, findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. <clears throat> it was Jesus who set an example of prayer. He prayed on mountaintops. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. He prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus believed in prayer. He prayed himself often and at great length. He taught his disciples and followers the importance of prayer. Perhaps we as believers need to stop trusting in some of our modern methods that we hope will affect unbelievers and rediscover God's method of believing prayer. Perhaps we need to really believe and accept God's invitation to pray, as it's found in Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God is the mighty God who answers prayer. Ancient Israel believed this and referred to God in a special way, saying, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come, Psalm 65. God is the God who hears prayer because he is the living God and wants to demonstrate this to us. Let us then, like disciples, say, Lord, teach us to pray. Then thirdly, Paul demonstrated a rare ability to understand the unbelievers of his nation. In Romans 10 and 2, Paul writes of Israel, for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Paul began knew the Jewish mind, for he was a Jew. Paul himself had been zealous for God, but not according to knowledge, for he pursued and persecuted the followers of Christ, thinking he was doing God's service. But oh, how wrong he found out that he was. He thought he had been pleasing God, but instead he was persecuting God. For to persecute Christ's followers is to persecute the Christ who is God the Son. The Jews thought they could gain God's favor by human efforts, and they were zealous for the law. But the law could not save, it will only condemn, for no man can keep all of the law all of the time. Paul says in Galatians that the law was like a schoolteacher. Its purpose was to show us our human weakness so we would turn and receive Christ, the only one who ever fully kept the law. Then Paul says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. In other words, the the law was intended to bring us to Christ, who would fulfill all the law. And if we receive him, then in him we too have fulfilled the law. Then finally, we have Paul declaring that it's the gospel that we must share with others. In verse 8 he says, this word that we preach is the word of faith that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the gospel. Paul believed it was the gospel, not the ideas of men that God wanted men to hear. It's the gospel, not the wisdom of men, that lost Israel and the lost of the world need to hear. And it's the gospel, not the religious concepts or thinking of men, that had changed Paul from a man filled with hatred to a man filled with love and compassion, not only for Christ, but for others. What a great and mighty change the gospel of Christ made in Paul's life. And it can change your life today. If you will only bow in humility and receive Christ by faith, Paul says, It's the gospel, and it's the power of God and a salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul had experienced the mighty power of the gospel in his own life. He saw it powerfully change others, and it is the gospel that will change us to make us worthy citizens, not only of this world, but of heaven. If we care as Paul did, depend on prayer and share the gospel, we too, can affect our generation for God. May we so do. I trust the message just heard
0: will be a great blessing to you and I pray that you can apply some of the principles that were taught today in your own life. And I pray that you'll continue to be growing in your faith and your relationship with Christ. There may be others who are listening to this and don't have a personal relationship with the God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the only Savior. The Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also teaches that the wages of our sin is death. That's spiritual death. That's separation from God. That's eternal punishment because you rejected God's salvation. He went to the cross. He took our place. We deserve to pay for each and every one of our sins because God's a holy God and he can't be in the presence of sin. He suffered and he died, but he rose on the third day. What oh, a wonderful blessing that is. It means that the sacrifice he made for you and for me has been accepted by God the Father. And now we have life and life more abundantly as we come into relationship with him, as we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be saved. Be a Where's My Miracle? by Joni Erickson Tada, or just Miracle. And you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R, 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo 14231. You can also find our broadcasts on our website at missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. We're so thankful for those of you who pray for us each day. That that allows us to continue to broadcast CAS National Bible Hour over the airwaves. Thank you so much, and I trust the Lord will bless you throughout this next week.